Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first ever roundtable uh, from Cloyster Bell. I'm Rob, and I'm not alone. No, you're never alone, Rob. I'm Liam. Hi, Liam. Who else is there? Who's that at the other end of the table? Hello. Hiya. Scooch I'm over. Back. It's a big table. <laughs> we might as well. I'll come all the way over from neither the time nor the space end of the table. Down <laughs> to you guys. <laughs> How are you doing, Matt? It's been a long time since we spoke to you. Yeah, I'm really well, guys. How are you? Good, thank you. I don't think we've actually spoke to you face-to-face since we did our Secret Santa reveal. I was trying to think, because I know I helped you guys out when we did Doctor Who the movie, and I can't even remember if that was this year. Nah, that was our 100th episode, and that was... I'm sure that was this time last year, possibly. It was a long time ago, wasn't it? Wow. You were Chang Lee. Yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was wow, good. It's me. amazing what you remember from the good times, isn't it? Uh, maybe I'll just throw in a clip from that right now. <laughs> oh, no. Not you, Grace. This is no time to be playing doctors and nurses. It's no good talking to her. She's possessed. You? You took my things. Where are they? They're not your things anymore. Pretty soon everything round here is going to belong to Liam again. Again? What's he been telling you? When he gets his podcast back from you, I'm going to be rich. And you believe him? Why shouldn't I? And I suppose he neglected to tell you that there wouldn't be any place left to spend your money. Which is why we have no time left to waste. But time to change! I always dress for the occasion. Well, I'm glad to see that you are aware of the gravity of the situation. I never liked this podcast, Rob. Well, that's good, because any minute now it'll cease to exist. What's the time? Time enough for me to get my podcast, get out of here and take Lee with me. Lee is the co-host I've always yearned for. Oh, please. Lee! This is my podcast, this is my eye, and I'm in my own body. Liam's run out of ideas and now he plans to steal mine. That's the truth. Look at Grace. She's possessed by evil, not goodness. Grace, put it on him. I suspect you know how. (coughs) This won't hurt much. Rob? Rob! What? Liam, I was having the weirdest dream. You fell asleep, you idiot. It's time to record our 100th podcast. All right. And you know what, Liam? It's about time. You can bring anything to the table you want. Uh, Of course, today is the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. Um... What could we talk about? Um, I don't know. I wouldn't know where to start. We can't really cover the whole, the whole sixty years. Is there anything news would like to bring to the table? Well, I've just got one question to maybe kick things off with because we are recording this before the sixtieth, so we can't actually talk about the sixtieth anniversary itself. Um, but I was just wondering what you guys think to date is the 
best anniversary story. Uh, the uh, and I know that we you know we it can be anything because I know, you know you got it in the books big finish but in terms of the televised official stories we have the three doctors the five doctors, silver nemesis, dimensions and time which is an absolute banging classic, uh, and uh, day of the doctor. I think I think my head says day of the doctor, my heart says the five doctors. I've got a real soft spot fondness for the five doctors which is more rewatchable to you which would you stick on Hmm. do you know what probably the five doctors because it's just a a fun romp isn't it and day of the doctor does have that but it's also really serious at times and yeah i i think i think the five doctors is more fun Mm -hmm. like i think just for a breezy afternoon, stick something on. I think that's the one that would jump out to me. Yeah. I was actually going to give the same answer. Like, my personal choice would be the Five Doctors. It's kind of like, of the classic era, it's the one standout big anniversary crossover, which had them all in at that stage. Obviously, we had the Three Doctors, but that was its own, like, story. And the Day of the Doctor was... um. I don't really think about it that much, really. It's not in the fore- It's not really on my mind much. So, uh, yeah, Five Doctors for me. Yeah, it's the Five Doctors for me as well. Yeah, there's like three three versions of that. I was, well, that's the other thing as well. Then which version? <laughs> um, but yeah, I totally agree with that because I think um, it's like what you were saying, Matt. Your head goes. There's other stuff going on in the other stories, like the Three Doctors and uh, Day of the Doctor, where. They're not only celebrating the the history of the show, but they're pushing it forward. The Day of the Doctors is really good, very serious, but there's just something about the Five Doctors which is just more... It actually feels like it's celebrating the show. It feels much more celebratory than the other ones do. And it is just wonderfully entertaining. And it's got Anthony Ainley as the master in. We we, we totally dismissed Dimensions in Time there. So, if- generally speaking, I do have a massive soft soft spot for Dimensions in Time because that was that was actually shown uh, a few weeks after I started watching the show. Uh, so uh, I remember it very well, and the because it was a massive deal, and it was advertised, and the fact it was in three D and and all the rest of it. And it, I mean, it's it's crap, but it's good crap. It's just. That is a lot of fun as well. I do have a soft if, spot for it. If if they did Dimensions in Time 2023, mm. what TV show are you putting the Doctor in and why? Oh, that's a good question. Do you want, do you want him romping through the Bake Off tent? Do you want him <laughs> in Westeros fighting the Dothraki? I don't watch a lot of TV at the minute, so I don't really know what's current. Are all the, st- all the soaps still going strong? Uh, we don't get on Romanian TV. <laughs> Romanian TV is largely adverts for cottage cheese. That is it. <laughs> All right. Is there a lot of English TV on there? No. No, so a lot of VPN and a lot of iPlayer, yeah. So you've got the entire Hooniverse through your VPN now? Absolutely, absolutely. Although today, I think today was the first time in three months... I watched Doctor Who, which would be the longest gap in five years. 
I went 32 years never watching Doctor Who. A real intense period for five years. And now back to a more leisurely pace. I think it was only today I realised, A, how much I missed it. And like I, I got excited at the idea of not just watching it, but watching one that I knew. And I, I think now, obviously, I've watched from scratch. And we're at a point now where we're at my first live regeneration as a fan. And I think I get it. Now I get the fandom a bit more. Like, I've got that excitement that I was always a bit cynical about and never really got the fuss about it. But I feel like we're standing on the precipice of something really exciting. So to sort of edge my way back into it has been pretty exciting today. So do you feel like you're like letting yourself indulge in the fandom a bit more now? You were always like a beat behind because you didn't even watch Flux. No, no. So like, as Flux was airing, I think I was something like six episodes behind. So we started Flux in terms of reviewing for our show, I think a fortnight after it had finished. So all the excitement I was always behind the curve on. And now I feel like I'm riding the crest of that wave with people. And it's a nice place to be, isn't it? Yeah. Crazy place. If you could have one prop or prop replica from Doctor Who, what would, what would you choose and why? Would it function in the real world as it does in the show? Or is it literally a prop? I'm going to say no. Right. It would just light up. So I couldn't have a fully functioning K9 just in my house. Well, K9 never functioned, <laughs> <Yeah>. so... <laughs> um... I don't know, is it a cheat answer to say Bessie the car? Not at all. I'll take that then. What about you, Liam? That's a bloody good one. I never thought of Bessie. Although, even as a kid, I always wanted a yellow budgie roadster. I think for me, I would like the um, the sonic screwdriver, but from the um, the classic era. And actually have it sort of, you know, um, I think the Tom Baker one. Or the one that... Uh, because I think that's also the one that they use in the TV movie. And I much prefer that version, the screwdriver. It just looks solid and fun, and I just like the look of it. Plus, it also, I think it's... So, one, I, th- I just think it's a really cool prop. I like the design of it. But also, I think it's, you know, it's practical. It's not going to take up too much space. You can actually carry around with you. And maybe if you're sort of, like, walking around, there's no one else around. And you just sort of, like, whip your screwdriver out, <laughs> have a bit of fun with it. I am talking about the Sonic Screwdriver, by the way, nothing else. It's not an innuendo. Um, so, yeah. Have you ever walked around with one of the toys? Do you whip it out? <laughs> I beg your pardon? Uh, the only thing is, uh, listeners won't be able to appreciate this because, uh, but on the video, but the, the one the one Doctor Who thing which I, which I do have in public, which is very much dependent on the weather, it only comes out when it's raining, is uh, my McCoy very nice. umbrella. Oh, I thought it would become rain or shine. <laughs> no, I'm not. The thing is, though, everyone's like uh, every time that because it, uh, it's been raining an awful lot in the UK recently, which may surprise a lot of people. But um, so I've been using this an awful lot. It always gets uh, comments. Uh, people love it. So obviously, you get Doctor Who fans which clock it and go like like it. But even people who don't have absolutely no idea, they just think, oh, that luxury is really good. Like, is that a question mark? Um, so it's getting a lot of those comments. But yeah, that's uh, that's good. Yeah. 
You don't get chased. No. <laughs> there was a time, though, because I think... Uh, I've forgotten. Is it Lavi? Who, uh, something like that. Anyway, the, the company who, who, who make those. Um, there was a period in which they stopped making them. I think you can get them again now. So during that period when they weren't making them, um, people were selling them on eBay for like £300 and stuff. So then there was that period when I'm going, I'm walking around with a 300-pound umbrella. Am I going to get mugged? I haven't been mugged. It's fine. And you can get them again. But Yeah. And Matt, that company he's talking about, they would do the replicas of McCoy's jumper and you could get the scarves. But yeah, that, that jumper looked pretty it, sharp. It's funny because the only Doctor Who merchandise I've brought with me to Romania is my Anthony Ainley coaster that you bought me, Rob, when we went for lunch Aww. that one time. And the amount of people, because it, it's on my, my coffee table, that just say, who's that? And I just go, ah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> Does he look like some kind of saint? Like it's some, like, like the English Jesus or something? No, he's doing a very intense, sinister, the master stare. It's kind of that classic Anthony Ainley master stare, which is sort of half brooding, but half ridiculously handsome at the same time. How about you, Rob? To answer your own question. Oh, it's an answer I hate myself for, but I'd probably go for one of the Peter Cushion Daleks. Now, mm. I, I used to have a Dalek, and it was one of the worst decisions <laughs> of my life because it was just massive. <laughs> No, I do it all again. Yeah. Colour scheme. Okay, my favourites are from the first film. Mm. I like the I like the blues from the original film. But I think if I I do like the the second film ones as well. Maybe I'd go for the gold, one of those command Daleks from the from the second cushion film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One day. One day, yeah. One day. Pick a number, Rob, between one and five. Four. In in four words, describe your feelings towards the sixtieth. I am feeling tired. <laughs> uh, I think anyone saw that coming. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why tired, Rob? I don't know. It's just a lot to think about. We've got all these podcasts, and yeah. <laughs> No one's making you, Rob. Have a rest. What what about you, Liam? Four words. I am very excited. It's probably I'm I'm really I'm really looking forward to it. Um I think uh Yeah, it just it looks like they're gonna be taking a, a different approach to celebrating a story. Because I think ever since the three doctors, the, the catch all has been let's do a multi Doctor Who story. Which is a good idea, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think for the 60th, let's do something a little bit different. Um, I know that there's rumours that some of the previous Doctors may be making an appearance. So that may still be the case. But, you know, we've got these these three specials, and one of them's based on a one of my all-time favourite comics, which is from, uh, I think, the late 70s or the early 80s. Uh, did stop... It may be 1980, actually, when Star Beast was originally done. Uh, and so doing an adaptation of that is is really interesting. Um, so even though David Tennant is not necessarily my favourite Doctor, he, or um, but that doesn't say that doesn't mean that I don't like him. Uh, he's a very good actor, played the part really well. I love Donna. 
um, Catherine Tate. So I'm very excited about them coming back. And it's just, I'm really interested. And we seem to know more about Starbeast. And but the st- what's the second special called? Wild blue, wild blue yonder. Wild blue yonder. Yeah. 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 Is that like a reference to something? I don't know, but we don't we don't really know anything about that story. Uh, in fact, I was reading something um, today. In fact, that apparently. Uh, Russell T. Davis has made a very deliberate decision that nothing from that episode has appeared in any other publicity, mm-hmm. apart from uh, that clip in the trailer where uh, Donna's going, uh, the TARDIS is so, is so scared it ran away. Apart from that, uh, Russell T. Davis has made a deliberate decision that everything is secret around that story. So everything that we've seen about Star Beast is looking very exciting, and that's sort of like um, uh, get me excited. But um, but the fact that we've also got this other story coming up where we know nothing about is, is really interesting. I think we've got one promotional shot, the general cover art for that episode. Is it made to have like a robot on it? Yes, yeah, yeah, I've seen that, yeah, yeah. So this is like a very basic question. What's the best ever Doctor Who story? The thing is, my, my head immediately goes to blink, but it's not a good doctor who story because he's not in it <laughs> until the last five minutes um is that why you like it <laughs> yeah. yeah um it's interesting i could think of a load of bad ones but the thing is i don't think any of them are objectively bad you know when when david and i have picked episodes that have a reputation for in some way being poor, there's always something you can take out of it. Like, And vice versa, when you get the ones that are like top rated, like Genesis of the Daleks, voted as the favourite story ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily my top favourite, you know. Well, actually, there's been an update on that. Uh, there's been a recent poll, I think it may have been Doctor Who magazine, about the all-time favourite. Do you know about this, uh, Robin Matt? That what the result was it may surprise you. No, it's hell bent. That's been what that one everyone hates. <laughs> no, no, isn't hell bent the good? Isn't hell bent the, the good, good one? one? Heaven sense the one people weren't keen. Oh right, hell bent the one where he's in the thing, in the time loop. Right, okay, fair yeah, enough. It's, yeah, it's a good one, Rob. So th- I was so confused there. <laughs> the one that everyone hates. Oh, wouldn't it, yeah, wouldn't it be great if that was just a... It was a massive wind-up. No, no, uh, so that, that's come out as uh, in the most recent poll as being the best Doctor Who story. Mm. I quite enjoyed that when we revisited it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I personally wouldn't say it's the best, but it it, it is good. See, again, it's not... Representative, really, it, is it? Yeah, like, it's an absolute masterclass from Capaldi, but... Mm. If you were introducing somebody to the show, is that what you'd show them as like an ABC of Doctor Who? No, it's too weird for that, I think. I mean, it is very good uh, and it's directed very well and it is engaging. But yeah, it's it's not representative. Should we just agree there's no best episode? Mark of the Rani. Mark of the Rani. Let's agree that's the best episode. Any particular reason, Matt? Um, that bit where Colin Baker's on a trolley rolling down a hill into a mine shaft. Yeah, that is. 
great. I think if you went to Killingworth Village now, which is just by me, you'd still see people getting pushed around in trolleys downhill. <laughs> don't know <laughs> why that's changed. where my brain went, but as soon as you went, what's the best story? Something just went, it's Mark of the Rani. Oh, yeah, so Doctor Who's lasted for 60 years. It has the record for being the world's longest-running sci-fi TV show. What's the secret to its success, do you think? I, I think we've almost already covered this topic. It's the fact that it is so different. It, it you know, in in terms of the episode we watched today, I won't give the the name away just in case. But it, it's funny. It's sad. It's got action. It's got drama. You know, it's got a little bit of childish wonder and magic attached to it, and. It's almost all things to all people, isn't it? Mm, yeah, that's a good answer. Really comprehensive uh, kind of show, yeah. Something for everyone. Yeah. I also think, because I completely agree with that, and there's flexibility built into the show in a way that other programs don't. You know, the fact that you're able to be past, present, future, Earth, alien planets, that's built into the show, so you can do all this and it doesn't feel contrived. It's so flexible, you can do anything with it. And it's really completely in control of whoever runs the show able to do that. But I think, because you sent me that question earlier, Rob, and I was just thinking about this before. I also think, probably more in the case of Britain than perhaps in America, but I think the other thing is, in an odd way, it's not as if it has that, I don't think there's, I think it's this sort of ties in with what Matt was saying as well, but there's not really that much competition, is there? There's no, there's not, an awful lot of other science fiction. Um, yeah, I know. I guess you could you could try and compare it to other shows, but it doesn't bear resemblance, does no. it? No. I, I also think because it has been so long running, hmm. it it kind of doesn't have the restraint that a new show would. If you think of modern sci-fi, it, it kind of writes itself into a channel. It has to have a catch or something to make it different to stand out. Whereas Doctor Who is the sandbox that all other sci-fi exists within. Mm. You know, if you think of something like like Red Dwarf, where the basic premise is you've got this group of people, they're the last few people, they're on a spaceship, that enforces boundaries. Whereas the boundaries of Doctor Who are this person can go anywhere in any time and do anything. And mm. it, it it just, it's an infinite idea, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and no matter how many times they like reinvent the show, it's always got its hallmarks. It's got the TARDIS, it's got the Doctor and the villains and the companion. That's like a staple of the show that's never going to change. So anyone can dive in with that basic understanding and enjoy it. And whereas like, if you look at other shows that have lasted a long time like star trek has its format but that was nothing that sandbox was nothing new you know we'd had lots of other science fiction we'd had i don't know forbidden planet all sorts of things before the 60s so yeah it's kind of its own thing maybe that's the success of it what's your favorite era i think stephen moffat for me of the limited that i've seen Certainly of New Who, that sets the mark for me. But from classic, controversially, I really like Colin Baker. And 
the reason for that is when we were watching Classic Who, we did one story from the first Doctor, second, so on and so on. And once we hit Colin Baker, that that's what TV looked like when I was a child. Like the production and everything. And just for me, there's that little bit of warmth attached mm. to, you know, that is how I remember television fondly. And a lot of television from my youth hasn't been preserved in the way that has. So it's nice to delve back in there and be a bit regressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I'd agree with you with uh, in terms of New Who. I do really like the the Stephen Moffat Peter um, Steve, uh, Stephen Moffat Matt Smith era. That's my favorite of of, of New Who. It's nice to hear that because uh, I've always loved Colin Baker as the Doctor, but I find that as time's going on, I'm appreciating him much more, and I do love his performance as the Doctor. But I think in terms of classic Doctor Who, you know, my favourite Doctor is John Pertwee, and I do love that era, but actually my favourite, and I may be cheating here because it's pretty much a whole decade, I love the 60s. Uh, but uh, if you nail me down, I think probably the William Hartnell era in particular. I love I love that era. It just For me, it doesn't get anything wrong. I love William Hartnell's performance as the Doctor. I love the stories, particularly the historicals. Um, I think that's when they really nail it at that point. And there's just something about the way that it is written and performed. I just think it's exceptionally good television. I love that era. How about you, Rob? I think with me, I really kind of empathise with what Matt was saying about the 80s stuff. How it's reminiscent of like the stuff we used to watch. Mm. But in a strange way, I'm going to put that to the 60s stuff because... I remember watching it, a lot of old reruns of a lot of black and white stuff as a kid. So um, I've kind of got a pull towards that. So watching the 60s stuff and the Hartnell stuff makes me feel like I'm a kid sitting watching my little black and white TV upstairs. Uh, did you ever have you know those black and white TVs with an aerial on the back and you have to tune them in? Yeah, I had one where it had a dial rather than buttons for yeah. changing the channels. You'd just tune it. What I used to get on the dial, you know, you in cassette tapes, you'd get all the little number stickers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'd I, I'd get the dial on my tell you find like BBC One, put the sticker on, and so forth. Yeah, sensible idea. Yeah, until you move the aerial and it throws it all <laughs> off. But yeah, but yeah, I, I think my favorite era would be the sixties, like you were saying, Liam, and. Again, Moff era, early Matt Smith. Hmm. I mean, I lo- that particularly for for me that, that Matt Smith's first season. There's just I, I love the the style and the feel of it. The eleventh hour I love, and those last two episodes in particular, I just think are fantastic. So yeah. So I think that's it for a day. Um, if anyone wants to join the discussion, we've got a brand new forum on the website. And um, it's been lovely having you today, Matt. Will you join us next week for Partners in Crime? Absolutely. Always a pleasure. You can get early access to that episode right now, Matt. Yeah, people can just go and uh, listen to that right now a week early. But yeah, I think that's it. Well, thanks. Happy birthday, Doctor Who. Thanks to Liam and Matt. And... Uh, Bye, everyone. Thanks, Rob. Bye, everyone. Bye now.